You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. I'm Ilarin. Celebrate her. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. Could we also appreciate Maria for sharing her God experience? God bless you. God bless you. Um, help me ask the person next to you, how are you doing? Uh, ask them, how, how are you? What's been happening? Let them feel you in on what happened since the last time you saw them. And if it's someone who you came to church with, can you just switch, look for somebody else? Uh, I'm serious. Act like you're interested in the person. Don't be, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. In the presence of where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Auntie, ask the person next to you, how are they doing and all that stuff. All right. Um, help me also ask them if they have anything that they would like you to pray about um, this Sunday morning, anything at all that they would like you to pray about this Sunday morning. Um, it's okay if you can give them instances of when God has answered your prayer in the past um, because we'll just spend a bit of time and just pray this morning. Um, our Father, we thank you. I'd like you to just go ahead, if they don't mind, take their hands and I'd like you to just go ahead and pray in the Spirit first over their lives. Our Father, we give you praise. The Bible says when we pray in tongues, the Bible says we speak mysteries to God. So I'd like you to intercede for that person this morning. says who the Son of Man has set free is free indeed Lord we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus for freedom we ask for liberty in this house I'd like you to just pray for one or two minutes over whatever it is that they have mentioned to you I'd like you to declare over their lives that it is well in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ I'd like you to declare that it is well I'd like you to speak the blessings of God over their lives Lord, we give you thanks. Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we give you praise. In the name of Jesus. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for our brothers. We thank you for our sisters. Lord, we ask in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that you would do that which you and you alone can do. Let no one live here the same. We declare it so in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let me thank the person next to you who prayed for you. Tell them thank you very much. I would know shortly if you are a man or a woman of God. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, thank you so much. Uh, just to mention tonight, later tonight at 5 o'clock, we have our evening service. Promises to be a fantastic time. May I ask that you please all those people who you left at home drunk, hung, hung over, unwilling to come to church in the morning, may I ask that you please reach out to them and tell them, well, God has an opportunity for you. Particularly today, um, we want to spend time talking about the waiting season, that season in the evening, that is, that season between when God gives you a promise and when you receive it. And we'll pray quite some. So help me ask anyone who you know who's been waiting for something for a while, okay? Uh, may I also ask for those of us who come for this service in the morning to please consider inviting someone to come to church with you one of these Sundays. Um, you know, just tell them, oh, would you come to church with me? Um, offer them a ride. Speak to them about your experience at LifePoint 
And then may I also ask if you would all please consider coming to church a little bit earlier than you normally do. A little bit, like 15 minutes earlier. Okay, I'm not saying you are coming late now, but I'm just saying if you are just slightly, uh, so 15 minutes earlier than you normally do, will be absolutely beautiful. Okay, fantastic. Um, oh, uh, I wore my special jacket today because um, my girlfriend and wife is in church. All right. So, like I mentioned to the church a couple of weeks ago, she is studying. Having been inspired by all my academic prowess, she's then gone back to school. And she's currently studying uh, something. I went to see her a couple of days uh, ago, and then you know she's just like, "Oh, I can't do without seeing you." So she's back here. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how it works. Uh, <laughs> that's how it works. I just saw you. I'm not sure why you're here, but hey. We missed you a lot. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, so much. One or two people thought you had left me, but here you are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So she's here. So she will not be here next Sunday. Don't ask me why she's not here. That's how you. But I'll go. Thank you so much, and God bless you. Okay. We love you very much. All right. Good stuff. Um, so yes, let's preach. Um, all across Elevation Church this week we have decided to speak about offense. Um, I should have boards. I like when I write with boards. So if they give me boards, I will write something sooner or later. It makes me feel like I'm imparting knowledge, right? And normally when you see somebody writing on the board, you kind of feel they know what they're saying. Right? Otherwise, why would they write it on the board? Yeah, but yeah, so I'm going to write. Thank you so much. These are small boards. Where are my big boards? No, but the last time they had really big boards for me. Okay, that's fine. I won't be distracted. But all across, and, and it's a big deal for us because we realize that um, Jesus says that it is impossible but that offense will come. And how we deal with offense um, is, is critical to our ability to achieve destiny to come into the place that God has designed for us okay so that's what we want to talk about today help me ask the person next to you are you offended are you offended at all you know are you offended huh? <laughs> if they say yes then you know do the Christian thing and also ask them why or tell them you'll talk about it later you know she just cool down <laughs> so the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5 that Jesus is doing a work in the church it says that he may sanctify her, that is the church, having cleansed her by the washing of water by the word, that he may present her to himself as, um, a, a, as in, in glorious splendor, you know, without wrinkle and without blemish or any such thing. Okay? So he's doing a work in the church and as a body and as individuals, we must constantly, constantly find corrections, find adjustments, you know, because we are walking with Jesus. So every now and then he will say to us, hey, would you do this like this? Would you adjust this? Or would you remember this? Okay. So for us at Elevation Church, uh, which LifePoint is part of, we are talking today all through all our expressions about offenses, okay? Um, one person whose life has always impressed me in Scripture is Joseph. Because um, if I went through 
a third of what Joseph went through, I probably will behave differently. Okay, so uh, Joseph, not by any fault of his, is loved by his father. His father gives him a designer suit. Yeah? And the Bible says that starts some very unusual reaction you know, with his brothers. And then Joseph has a dream about something that he thinks God wants to do in his life. And he shares that dream with his brothers and with his parents. And they're offended. In fact, they're so offended by these two things that one day they decide to kill him. I mean, I, that is large, right? I mean, I'm not sure there's ever really a good reason to kill someone. Yeah? There's no, no, there's no good reason. But I'm saying just the fact that your father loves him more and then the fact that he then has this dream where he says my life is... He didn't say your life won't be large. He just says my life is going to be good. And then they decide, oh man, we're going to kill him. And so they get into this place where they are offended. And so they go through that process and they're about to kill him. God intervenes. It's the one brother says, oh no, we can't kill him. Let's sell him. And so... They sell him. I don't know if you've been sold before. But that's not a pleasant experience. Because you can hear them haggling. Ah, and he's a young boy. Now look at him. Look at his chest. Look, I give us $5,000. And they sell him. And then, this is, you move from being in the father's house. Your father's, you, you know, the, the, every day he comes. And where is Joseph? And every, you're the, you know, the center of everything. And you move from there, then you are being transported as a slave. Just follow me. And when they buy you, they buy you, right? But they don't buy you and say, what do you want to have in the morning? And so they take him as a slave. Then they resell him. Yep. So maybe at a profit. And they sell him. Potiphar buys him. You know the story. He's a slave. And all that process, he gains by the grace of God some prominence in Potiphar's house and Potiphar's wife likes him because he's anointed. She tries to get him to sleep with her. He says no. She, she accuses him. And, and then they throw him into jail. I'm just saying the things which happened in Joseph's life were enough for him to decide I am permanently offended by everyone. First, with my father for liking me. Then my brothers for not liking the fact that my father liked me. Then the ones that sold me. So who are you offended at? Church, who are we offended? And, and I realized that a couple of months ago, we spoke about forgiveness. So this is offense 102. Yeah, you came to the right class. Offense. Who, who are you offended? Help me ask the person next to you. Who are you offended? Who are you offended at? Who are you offended at? Why? Who are you offended? What did she do? What did she do? Yeah. What did... And for some people... As I was preparing for this yesterday, I, I was praying. I said, God, as we go through this message today, let names come up in our minds. That was my prayer. Like, let names. Let pictures. And as I said that prayer to God, he gave me a name. And I was like, ah, God, relax. You know? 
I was like, you know, he started explaining to me that that battle was not even yours. And I was like, God, this is rather, this is rather abrupt. I'm preparing for the message. And he said, no. And this is young, this lady who I have to be careful as I explain this one, just in case. Um, but he explained to me why I am offended by her. And in honesty, that battle is not mine. It's my father's, actually. That's the last I will say about it for reasons. But he said, look, I need to go and <laughs> I need to call her. I need to bless her. And I was like, oh my goodness, Lord, I just want to preach this message. <sighs> and Joseph is in prison. And then again, the anointing, he's doing well. Then he helps two guys by his power of revelation and says, you, oh God, my goodness, I can see your life. You're going to be restored. Fantastic. You, you're going to die. You, you remember me when you get to the palace. Don't forget me. You, you have no use to me. You're going to really die. And then we know how the story goes. They forget him, both of them. And then, but see, God doesn't forget us as we go through life. And I'm, I'm saying this for someone who has gone through one, no, one issue of offense after the, God hasn't forgotten you. Because one day, an opportunity comes up, they require Joseph at the palace. But the beautiful thing is that's not how the story ends. When you read in Genesis, <laughs> one day his brothers show up before Joseph. And Joseph has the grace, has the heart, has the character to have gone through everything that he's gone through without retaining offense. Um, I'm reading two scriptures. Genesis chapter 49, verse 22 to 26. This is his father blessing Joseph. He says, Joseph is a fruitful bow, a fruitful bow by a well. His branches run over the wall. He says, the archers have bitterly grieved him, shot at him, and hated him. He says, but his bow remained in strength. And the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From there is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. The archers have bitterly grieved him, shot at him, and hated him. But he begins to say, look man, this guy... <laughs> has refused for that to condition his life. If I go, you read Genesis chapter 50, after the father has blessed Joseph, the father dies. And then the brothers show up before Joseph to say, we know you have been, you've been good to us because our father was alive, but now our father is dead and we know you're going to deal with us. Truth be told, if it was you, what would you do? Because even that girl that refused to go to prom with you in secondary school, you've blocked her everywhere. In fact, you are still secretly hoping that she doesn't get married. 
Oh no, I'm saying, ah, you know how you're doing it. Oh no, okay, let's come nearer. The boy that broke up with you last year. Part of the reason you intend that God will give you a husband is because you want to make sure you marry before him or her. You know. Ah, no. If I, you've heard that he's engaged and you're telling God, God, do not put me to shame. <laughs> not only must you marry before him, your wedding must be bigger. You must have children first. Your children must go to the school his children go to and then beat them in school also. Because if I was Joseph, <laughs> ah, because they sold him. First things first, where's the money? <laughs> no, but okay, let, let's even say I'm not going to revenge and beat them, but I'm going to tell them, guys. Didn't I tell you in that dream that you were going to bow? Are you not bowing now? <laughs> when somebody is dreaming, believe me, believe me. I'm not going to hurt you, but I want you to know I serve a living God. Are you, are you not bowing now? Hey, so in Genesis chapter 50, the Bible says in verse 19, and Joseph said to them, do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God. But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. <laughs> I was reading this earlier. I was like, I cannot understand it. He spoke kindly to them. But the man who must go to where God is sending him must realize that offense limits must realize that we will be offended in life, but that we cannot retain the bitterness of the offense. I'm going to write. That's why I, mean, I need to write on the board. Now I accept to bring the board, okay? So this one thing I must write. Um, if it, Can you see what I'm writing? Because my handwriting is terrible. Oh, that's big. All right. Those people... Oh, no, the English does not sound right, but okay. Those you as... Huh, that's not good English. <laughs> Um, the people yep that you are sent to yep and if you think your handwriting is any better than this that's fine that you are sent to yeah will offend you yep the people you are sent to will offend you and I know how to spell you. I just want to put the you like that for now. That's first. And I know you can't see it, but that's what I've written. The people you are sent to will offend you. Joseph said, guys, what you did was terrible. He says, but I realize that God sent me here because of you. So, sometimes, not every time, sometimes, the offense is proof that God has sent you to them. God will rarely send you on an assignment that will not change you. Part of that change, part of that development 
is how you handle the offense that comes as you deal with people. Sometimes that offense is meant to drive you into God. Sometimes that offense is meant to drive out from you the nature of God. How do you lend patience when nobody is testing your patience? Not by the street, you can say, well, I have the fruit of the Spirit, I've got patience, I've got patience. Then you have children. Oh. <laughs> oh. For some of you, you just need to marry, then you'll know that you're not patient. No, you're not. When your husband is taking all his time to get ready. You see what I did there? <laughs> He's just upstairs doing his makeup. Things that are three, you've been ready since. I'm just painting my nails. The green shoe doesn't work anymore. He changes it. You go into the car. You send the children to call him. You send him a text, send him an email. It's four o'clock. They're calling you from there. You are... <laughs> then you will learn patience. But those that God sends you to will offend you. Because sometimes we think that offense is, a, is an issue with strangers. There are those people who are driving tomorrow morning, the ones that are programmed for your destiny already, they've already been sent emails and texts, they will be there on the road tomorrow morning waiting for you. They want to test everything you said in your morning devotion. Those people will be there. That's not a problem. Those are not the ones I'm talking about. That the real offense will come from the ones that God has sent you to. Help me ask the person next to you, have I offended you? Have I offended you? Have I, have I offended you? <laughs> Some people cannot ask the person. They know the truth. <laughs> the Bible says in Psalm 106, and verse 32 to 33, speaking about Moses and Israel, it says they angered him, talking about God, also at the waters of strife. He said, so that it went ill with Moses on account of them. He says, because they rebelled against his spirit, so he spoke rashly with his lips. So what happens is that Moses has been leading these guys. And then one day, they bring out something in Moses. And even God said, ah, Moses, you're not going to the promised land. Moses is sent to these people. They bring out offense in him. Joseph and his brothers. Paul. An apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 24. You read all the way to 25. He says, from the Jews, he says, if five times I received 40 stripes minus one. What is that? 40 stripes minus one is what? What is it? 36? How? How? Doctor. Doctor, 39. If they whip me 39 once in any church, I am not preaching there again. Whether I'm preaching at all is a different issue. But I'm not preaching there. God will find another person. But five times. Ah, oh, no, no, no. So, I mean, come on, guys. Because when you go back home, people say, but did God call you? Because the God that called you was there and they whipped you. 39. <laughs> and it doesn't matter how they whip you. How gently can they whip you 39 times? Paul says he was whipped 39 strokes five times. You do the math. That's 100 and 
That's roughly almost 200 strokes for the gospel. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once, just once, I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep. The people you are sent to will offend you. So as Christians, people who understand that destiny is coming, we must deal with offense. We must prepare to deal with offense. Jesus and the people that he is sent to, they offend him. His own hometown refuses to have any faith in him. They don't like his pictures on Instagram. They don't attend his meetings. They actually spread rumors about him. Imagine knowing things about people who are saying, because Jesus was all knowing. So as these guys are insulting, he knows, he can tell them, Chinaya, if I speak about you now, because sometimes when we are offended, we say things, we estimate. How do I hurt this person now? Say, you, you, are, you, are, you are silly. Mm, but Jesus knew. And so when Jesus speaks to those men who want to kill the lady that is caught in adultery, and he says to them, he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. Sometimes we think he was being philosophical. No. He was threatening them. He was telling them, I have your file. And if I I have your file. Your spouse will offend you. I'm not saying you have offended me today. But you have offended me in the past. Let's oh no, but your spouse will, oh my goodness, your spouse will offend you. All those things you see on movies, they live happily forever after, you know. They're also posting, I don't know where they get that from. If there's anyone God will send on purpose to test your character, your spirit, your essence, the truth of your life, will be your spouse. That's why so I tell people, don't marry before you've quarreled her. Have you guys quarreled yet? No, don't marry it. Because either one person is pretending or both of you are pretending. You say, oh, Pia, well, our home is just, our relationship is just so peaceful. We don't quarrel at all. Ah, no, there's something wrong there. I can tell you that. Because the day you marry, he will then change it and show you his real self or her real self. Your siblings. Hmm. <laughs> You know, so when the Bible wants to write, it says, if your brother sins against you, that's correct. I mean, just think about it, Demilade. What has any not done to you in this life? <laughs> I was still talking to one of my sisters the other day, and I was like, how? Who talks, who talks to me like this? I'm P.I. <laughs> your parents, guys. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so the Bible will say, Parents, do not exasperate your children. <laughs> it means there's a place you can offend someone to. They're like, that's it, man. I'm done. I, I, can't, I can't take this anymore. 
I don't know who you are, but I don't think you are my father. I don't think you are my mother. Help me ask the person next to you, ask them, are you offended? Are you offended? So, what do we do as Christians when offense comes? What do you do with the offense that you are carrying in your heart at the moment as we speak? What do you do with the offense that is threatening your destiny, it's threatening your emotions, it's threatening your relationship? How do you know you're even walking in offense? For some of us, it's the fact that the very mention of people's names, particular people, brings up all sorts of pain, all sorts of anger. So I can just try now. I can even just say the name Femi. As I say the name Femi, one girl just asks, hmm, hmm, hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't mention that name here. Amaka. <laughs> yep, we know that song. But for, you cannot afford to see them happy. I'm coming where you are. That any sign of progress in their life is for you a painful thing. They are promoted, you're unhappy. There's a person in your office who got promoted recently and you cannot understand. In fact, you are sure they slept with someone. And you know God will catch them. In fact, not even when just good happens, when bad happens to them, <laughs> you're like, yes, 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 yes. I do not rejoice in iniquity because that's what love does not rejoice in iniquity. But this one, this is not iniquity. This is judgment. <laughs> this is judgment. You can't break a girl's heart. February 12th, you didn't pick my call. 13, you didn't pick my call. February 14, you didn't pick my call. You say your phone spoiled. Been dating for six. Valentine, I was the only one, the only one in the host up here. The only one. And the problem was that the other girls were single, but me, they knew I had a boyfriend. But Pierre, they were, they are. Uh... <laughs> or someone is your pastor. So I will call you on your birthday. Then you met your friend who's your birthday mate, and she said, Oh, Pierre called me. <laughs> Someone is your father. But what would have happened, and I'm just going around my message, what would have happened if, if Jesus stepped out of line? So David one day is offended and is about to go and kill someone. And, and he has a conversation with the lady and she's saying to him, Someone who is going to be king should not spill innocent blood. What do we do with offense, guys? Right. So, I mean, we've talked about forgiveness. Oh, follow me, you're the one playing the keyboard. Okay. It's Josh on strike. He's back. Ha, ha, ha.
Forgiveness. All right, that's we've talked about. So, 101, we treated forgiveness. I just want to add a couple of things to this. Hebrews chapter 12, 14 to 16. Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one shall see the Lord. You know, I love this scripture because when I was in university, there was a church. This was their line. Oh my goodness. Pursue peace with all. Am I pronouncing pursue? Pursue? Or what? You know, when you say something with an accent, it sounds right. Pursue peace with all men. But well, you know what I'm talking about, right? Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no one shall see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble and by this many become defiled lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau who for one morsel of food sold his bread I can't understand the escalation guys because he's saying Esau was a fornicator an idolater it says but this seems to have come from bitterness But will be people who pursue peace. Look, I'm a Bini man. That pursue is going to go out like that. Right. So, oh, give me markers, markers. This is peace I've written here. I'm going to try it in green. It doesn't have hope. Peace. Oh, the Nigerian one is not writing too. But pursue peace. All men. What does it mean to pursue? It means to follow something not casually. So your walk of peace is not a casual one. If I said to Falabi, Falabi, you know, <laughs> this is going to sound right, but I want you to pursue this girl in the choir. <laughs> I want you to pursue her, right? <laughs> okay, let's just change it to multimedia because I don't want you to, I don't want anybody to come and tell you later, P.I. says you should pursue me. But, <laughs> but what it means is I want you to Go after it with intention. I want you to go after it deliberately with almost looking like you want to either catch up or overtake it. That's how we should follow peace with all men. With all men. That would open doors. That would build bridges. That would give a second chance. In fact, he says, when we're thinking of holiness, he said, peace is just as important, guys. That we would offer and accept apologies. I remember one of my pastors in those days, he said, he told us that sometimes someone offends you and then maybe because they listen to that other message, they come back in like 15 minutes to apologize. And you're like, no, 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 no. It's too early. You don't spoil it. Just be on your own. So I'm begging you, child of God, if you have any pending apologies, would you accept them today? Tell the person next to you, follow peace, follow peace, follow peace. In fact, we should see things in your life that show that you are looking for peace with all men. Guys. How can you 
keep malice with people for months and speak in tongues. How? There's a blockage somewhere. Your tongues are real, but the power generated by those tongues is not reaching your brain yet. Or your heart. And I'm serious about that. Matthew 18, 15 to 17, More, moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell his, him his fault between you and him alone. I read the scriptural protocol for conflict resolution. If your brother sins against you, and this includes sisters, fathers, mothers, boss, well, bosses, you have to think it through. Go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you've gained your brother. But if he will not hear you, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of one or two or more or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen, and a tax collector. The challenge is that some of us prefer to start from the end. So they offend us. Let him be like a heathen. I don't know why there's a tax collector thing that if you work in FRS, I didn't write the Bible. Let's leave it alone. But because people used to treat the tax collectors like people who they didn't want to do. So, but we start from there. You are blocked forever. Your children are blocked also. that would pursue peace with all men. He says, take one person. Go and talk to the person first. Who do you need to speak to? For some of us, there are people who you should not discuss someone else's offense with. In fact, what the Bible says is that if you offend me, I should give you a chance first before speaking to somebody else about it. We all have that one friend who we should not tell about someone else who's offended us. That friend who immediately escalates matters. And you know what I'm talking about because your boyfriend hurts you or does something. You tell Nkechi, Nkechi tweets, all men are scum. May God help us find good ones in this life. Hashtag Yoruba demons, hashtag Igbo demons, hashtag God help us. He said, no, talk to your, talk to the person first, guys. Your pastor annoys you. Before you post it on social media, call him aside, PI. That example you used touched me. Some of you should not discuss things with your mothers yet. Especially in marriage. Ah, mommy, I was just talking to my wife. She says, I was not brought up well. Ah. <laughs> so leave it for me, leave it for me. No, leave it, leave it, leave it. <laughs> Are you on the phone? Just stay on the phone. No, don't drop the phone. I'm coming now. I'm coming from Ibadan. Wait for me. I'm coming. Leave it alone. <laughs> That's the end of the marriage. <laughs> because then she tells her mother, and the mother's made, your son is a witch. Your mother, ah. Why? 
<laughs> Jesus says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell his fault between you and him alone. Between you and him alone. That we would not resort to violence. And I, I need to say this. Someone hits your car in traffic, you, you, are, you are carrying the Holy Spirit. You cannot, because in Lagos, I think what happens, we all come down, the first thing we say, are you okay? What are you driving? You can see what he's driving. <laughs> you know? Because I think it's like the first, because when something happens, you should come and say, is anybody hot? <laughs> yeah, you probably lived here too long. <laughs> That's what you do. Anybody, is everybody okay? Are we, then when we're not, then you say, okay, where's the insurance paper? Do we need to get the police involved? No. Are you okay? But I, you, didn't, you didn't see me, Abby. You didn't see me. <laughs> Look, I've been telling you since some 10 minutes ago. You were driving rough. You were, no, but you, my father is in the army. Oh. <laughs> that we would not, I don't understand how you carry the spirit of God and you insult people freely, liberally. You want, I know you want to sound American. So. Now for some people, we need to engage the power of confrontation and just even seeking clarification. And this is why. Because sometimes offenses are assumed in fact, that is sometimes the most painful type of offense. Where we think we know what people intended. So I wonder if there's anyone here who is carrying an offense today because of an assumption you have made. I've had people offended at me before without my knowledge. Right? So you, you think you are giving him the silent treatment, but he doesn't even notice. For one month now, you've not spoken to him, but he's very busy. So this is a transaction between you and your spirit. People who have told me before, you know, so I had a friend, maybe the one toying with the light, but I had a friend who, um, someone else then says to me, oh look, they were offended by how I looked at them. I think someone in the multimedia world is offended at me, but that's fine. It's all right. No problem. We'll continue. How I looked at them one day when I saw them. And you know, I, I kept on trying to, I couldn't even remember. And the truth was that I bore them no ill will whatsoever. None. But how many of us are carrying offense at the moment because of an assumption? I assume that the person there likes me. Matthew 5, 23 to 25, Jesus says, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there you remember that your brother has something against you, fill in the blanks yourself. As I said, when I was praying for this, I said, God, give us names today. So as I'm talking now, we're reading the scripture, the Holy don't listen to the Holy Spirit. He's calling names, Felix, Owa, John, 
Mr. Bankole is calling the name. Write them down. Has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar. Go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gifts. One day, John the Baptist, Matthew 11, he's in prison. There's two, read all the way to six. He sends people, he's in prison. He sends people to Jesus. Bible says, and when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, are you the coming one? Or should we look for another? And Jesus answered and said to them, go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. I love what John does. He sends people to Jesus. And I can't understand the deal there, but I, I assume that look, look, John is the one, he was like, um, it was like Jesus' hype man, the prophet, you know. So he came, Jesus is coming, Messiah, Messiah, he did all the work. Then, you know, some weeks later, he's in prison. Jesus is out there gaining followers. Like, this is not how it's supposed to work. I thought, maybe, and if I'm wrong, John, forgive me. John said, look, at least I will be like your deputy. So at least I should have gotten that promotion at work. But I don't understand. I did all the work. I was the one carrying the files. I was doing, the, I, I stayed up all night. I did the presentation. Then they promoted Taiwo. Who was there for him when his mother was ill? I was there. I used to go and visit him in the hospital, bring food. Then he's, en he's engaged to Joke. How? How many offenses currently exist because we've made assumptions? Someone needs to go and talk to someone. Someone needs to give someone the benefit of a conversation. Someone needs to confront someone. Someone has been angry with their father for too long. And it's amusing how differently things look when you've had a conversation. Some of us are angry with our parents. The challenge is our parents are playing golf. They have no clue. So if someone told them, your son, uh, Joshua, is very upset with you, eh, me and Joshua are fine. But you are, you are the one, you are, you're boiling with offense. <laughs> Tell someone, have that conversation, have that conversation, have that conversation. The last thing I say today and we'll pray is about long-suffering. Remember what we read in Genesis chapter 49. It says, that the archers have grievously harmed him. They've shot at him. It says, but his bow remains strong. I speak to people today who God will want to use for all sorts of things in life. You will not be able to stop for every insult. You will not be able to stop every time someone says something negative about you. If you take the papers tomorrow, 
or this week, I assure you at least one person will say something negative about our president. That's even just, that's even just me hedging. Someone says, I want to be president. God, God, make me president. They will insult you. Someone says, I want to be, I want to be a, um, I want to be a big X, Y, Z. I want to do this. They will talk about you. So I, I need to be in that place where I am not easily offended. You know how we say it? We say, look, if you fool me once, shame on you. But if you fool me twice, so once beating, twice shy. But what does Jesus say? Matthew 18, 21, he says, Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Peter said, look, the way I'm viewing it, if I forgive someone seven times, I have tried. I must have forgiven my wife here more than seven times. Maybe eight, nine. But Jesus says to him, I do not say up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. I don't know who God is. <laughs> who God is talking to today. 70 times seven, in case you can't do the math. Hold on. You put 70, seven, Hang on, girls. Seven and zero is zero. Seven and seven. Forty-nine. Four ninety. If you can count up to four ninety times that someone has offended you, you might have a small challenge. Small challenge. I know this for someone that there are certain insults that, that resonate and that tends to be what people who are serial offenders do they look for where it really hurts I mean I don't know if you've practiced quarreling before but what happens is that you know you're banding insults you're you know, tech, you know, tweeting back and forth you're saying you know you say your own you say then you then you find the one thing when you say it the person flees ah I've got you there you say you are it's as if in your family, you people are not mentally stable. Ooh! Because maybe one person in their family was not mentally stable. And then the way they react, so what did you say? Ah, you're like, yeah. And then you drill down with the demons clapping for you. But that you would develop what scripture calls long-suffering. But would realize that the rot of man does not walk the righteousness of God. That before Jesus offers himself for what is the greatest sacrifice of all times, he would say, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And there's someone who this is a word for you, but there are certain people who have offended you and they honestly do not know what they did. And so this conversation of pain, of anger, of offense is a solo one. For someone, 
you've been having conversations with Judas. That if Jesus could say to Peter, you are going to deny me three times. Say, um, Pepe, I want us to talk. I've just checked with the Holy Spirit, you're going to deny me three times. I probably can take one time, but three times. After all I've done for you, I fed you, gave you fish, brought you out. You're a fisherman. You deny me three times. I mean, that's... But Jesus had long suffering. I think the thing that reflects Jesus' long suffering the most is his conversations with Judas. <laughs> I don't understand. So you know the guy is going to sell you. Right? For money. And then you still have him at the dinner table, at the last supper. <sighs> if he's going to sell me because that's the will of God, that's fine. But he's going to go and do it crippled. <laughs> at least he can still sell if he's crippled, right? And let him know that I know. <laughs> and I, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, I started realizing that Sometimes we overprotect ourselves, guys. But sometimes as we seek to build or draw boundaries, sometimes we reduce what God is trying to do. So Jesus refuses to quarrel with Judas. If anything, he's telling him, do what you have to do quickly. He's feeding him. Long-suffering. A realization that I can take a little bit more. A realization like, like Joseph saying, look, God is the one who actually is running this show. Not my auntie, not my uncle, not my boss, not my pastor, not my unit leader, not the bus driver, no one, not my ex-boyfriend, no one. I'm praying that God will raise names in our hearts, guys. Bible says, now abide faith, hope, love, and these three, but the greatest of these is love. Love is the wisdom of God. Love is actually spiritual warfare. Someone's healing needs to start from just understanding that that thing that happened, God was just using it to set you up. I think you want to study Joseph's life and say, look, how... How does a slave become a prime minister? They didn't sell you yet. They just didn't invite you for the party. But who knows what evil you were being preserved from? It's not easy to celebrate over things we do not understand. Someone who was abused by an uncle when they were five. Someone whose father hates them. Beat them so much that it left scars on their body. Someone who's been told lies by guys or betrayed by their girlfriends. Someone who came to church looking for healing and found out that the people in church also did all sorts of strange things. The Bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. 
Let's pray today, guys. Let's pray. I'd like you to just go ahead and thank God for your life. I'd like you to, I'd like you to speak peace over your life. I'd like you to speak peace over your life. For someone, you are just declaring that there is no offense dwelling within my heart. The Bible says, where there is envy and strife, every other kind of evil dwells there. It's like a magnet. But you are saying, I stand before God in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I declare that I am washed by the blood. I am submitted unto the will of God. No offense dwells within my heart. And those who you are sent to will offend you. And so somebody, you're just at this time, you are just releasing people. You are praying over the names that God has dropped in your heart. You are saying, God, maybe I did make an assumption here. You are shuttling conversations in the name of our Lord Jesus. I like us to pray. I like us to pray. Someone you have to pray about your father. Someone you have to pray about your mother. Someone you have to pray about your sister. Someone about your boss in the office. Someone about a trusted friend. Maybe, 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 even just one minute praying over their lives may be the first step onto restoration. We refuse to carry loads. We refuse to carry offense. Jesus, knowing that the power of resurrection was about to come upon him, he says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Joseph, he probably did not understand it, but he could not hold offense. He was sold, he was betrayed, but he could not hold offense. He did not allow the bitterness of all the things that had been done to him against him. He did not allow it to get into his soul. Leman, he was still helping people, he was still blessing people. Manda Rabakanda Magadosh, would you declare over your life that you walk in love? Would you declare over your life that you are healing on all sides? Would you declare over your life that your bow remains strong? Someone else needs to say, Father, I pursue peace with all men. And as you say those words in prayer, you begin to see pictures. You begin to see God showing you one person, that person, a conversation, an incident, something that needs to be healed. But Lord, we come before you asking for grace. We come before you asking for strength. In the name of the Lord Jesus. For someone, God is saying, it is 70 times 7. I don't know who needs a second chance from you. I don't know who needs a second chance from you. I don't know what door needs to be opened again. I don't know what door needs to be opened. Someone else is saying, Lord, give me the ability for long suffering. Give me the ability for long suffering. Where you are going with God is far. Where you are going with God is important. Where you are going with God is beautiful. We will not allow bitterness hold us back. Let's pray. There's healing flowing all over this room. There's healing flowing all over this room. There is healing flowing all over this room that God you will cause you would cause you would cause restoration to happen. Lord, I know we cannot guarantee how they will act to us again, but Lord, we will do our part 
in the name of the Lord Jesus. I do not know who Joseph is in the house today. I do not know who has been offended by the brothers who God is saying, this is why you have been created. This is why you have been created, that they are offending you to send you to the place where you can help them. Let's just worship him for a minute or two in the house today. I give you my soul and I live for you alone and every step that I take moment I'm away, Lord, have your way in me, Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul, I live for you, I live for you alone, and to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.